Hello, and welcome to Daughters Who Dare. Join me, Erin, your host, and my lovely guest as we dive deep into what it means to be a child of a narcissistic parent. While each episode covers a different subject, know that every episode will be crammed with honesty, humor, and hope. So sit back and relax. Let's do this. So here I am with my lovely guest, Beth. Thanks for coming again to our sofa. (laughs) (laughs) These sofa conversations are the best. (laughs) Unlike you, Beth, Mm -hmm. and probably many of my listeners, I was not a techno baby, and I mean technology, not as in the dance grave. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't a techno baby child or even teenager because I grew up without, I mean, I literally, I'm hearing, I walked to school in the snow, like when my grandparents used to talk. 10,000 miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in the snow, (laughs) barefoot. But I did grow up without mobile phones. I was a grown-ass woman with kids before I got my first mobile phone. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have tablets, laptops. I mean, I was doing computer programming at university. And even then, we didn't have, like, desktops just for the sake of having a computer. I can remember the very first email I ever sent. It's just so funny. So I didn't have the luxury, like we all do now, mm-hmm. of adding things to my notes or setting reminders. I mean, I love the fact that I can just pick up my phone now and put, oh, don't forget to order my repeat prescription a month from now. It's just like mind blowing that you can do everything on one piece of technology. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> In many, many ways, I consider that a blessing. I'm not being honest. Because, I mean, I'm not being honest. Dear God, I am being honest. Because when I was a child, no joke, I could leave the house in the morning, spend the day playing with my bestest friend, Holly, yeah. and return home when it was dark. I mean, we literally used to go exploring <laughs> the fields and pretend that we were scientists doing investigations Aww. in the creeks. And we played in the playhouse. We would walk to the park, which I'm not joking. Now that I think about it, was probably a good two miles away from the house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we used to do all those things. And we could trust that we were going to be safe. We only had to be in before it was dark, which we did. So it's just bizarre to think that I could do all those things without texts, without the find a friend, without the GPS tracking, without any of those things. Because nowadays, I actually break into a sweat if I forget my phone at home. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I'm just going to the co-op or to the grocery store and know that I'm going to be going straight back home afterwards, I'm just so used to having that having connected to me. Just yeah. in case. Yeah. Like just in case. And although I did appreciate the simplicity and innocence of life that I was given, there is one reason that I would have asked my fairy tech mother (laughs) to sprinkle a bit of technology into my past, but I'm not going to give away just yet. I'm going to leave you guessing for a minute or two of what I would have asked her for. (laughs) Um, Let's just stay in the good old days for a minute here. Something else that was very different until recent years, I'm not going to put a number on it because I don't have the brain power to do that right now, but (laughs) the way that we used to manage our bank accounts is so different from what it is today. I can remember learning how to balance my checkbook. I think it was one of the 
ways that you knew you were an adult, that you were definitely adulting when you <laughs> could balance your checkbook. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you even know what a checkbook is? I know what a checkbook <laughs> is. And I do remember, I do remember them being around as a child, but I never understood. I thought to me, when you say check, I imagine someone writing a check in a birthday card saying yeah. I've sent you 30 pounds or whatever. That's what I know a check as. And it makes me laugh because like one of the biggest decisions I had to make whenever I was coming up to my last few checks was what design am I going to choose for the next one? You could oh. actually get like a kitten or a rainbow. Oh, or like I love a, that. And it was like, oh my God, big decisions. Now that I'm a grown up, I need to know how I want to personalize my checks. And you knew that you got so many at one time that you were going to have it for a while. So it was a big decision to make very big decision. Oh, I would have loved that. That would have been me all over. I did yeah. enjoy that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it made it a tiny bit less painful to pay for rent or pay for your utilities because you were writing that horrible number and oh, amount no. over a cute little kitten, you know, mm-hmm. kind of took, took to the pain away just a tiny bit. But when you paid for something with a check, basically you were writing in that on those teeny tiny lines once again why you had to be a grown-up because you had to like stay between the lines Mm -hmm. you were paying your bills you were you know paying in other checks for whatever reason and it became that little book god forbid became like your money bible Mm -hmm. it was the only record that you had of the money that was or dare i say wasn't in your bank account like you would have had to go in person into a bank because there was no such thing as online banking. You Which had no is other nuts. Thing. It's I like know. it's nuts to think. Like it does make me more grateful for the fact that we've got that now. Yeah, Knowing because that, like if you forgot to, to pay a check, which it happens, obviously we're human, human error, it could have been devastating. Or if something bounced because you hadn't, you know, your re- let's say your paycheck hadn't gone in exactly when you thought it had. Yeah. You therefore paid all your bills. All those checks would bounce. It would have a domino effect on everything yeah. that month, and for your credit rating, everything. It could have such a nasty effect on it. So, needless to say, receipts were like gold dust. Mm-hmm. Everyone held on to their receipts like that flipping golden ticket in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory (laughs) or a lottery ticket that you're waiting for the multi-million prize. You know, it's like literally people would, they would stack them in a certain drawer in their bedroom or in their desk. They'd have a special folder or they... (laughs) Basically, some people just created a mound at the bottom of their handbag or their jean pockets or whatever it was. Each one of those tiny pieces of paper was proof or evidence of a transaction. So when it came time to balance your checkbook, dear Lord, the desk or your kitchen table or wherever you did your accounting, all of a sudden you turned into this like crime detective of sorts. (laughs) You had to get a piece of like one of these receipts and look onto this to match it up literally match up every single 
receipt. And we all know that not every receipt has like the name of the store on the top or the date that it happened or yeah. whatever. So you were literally became or if you go like, to market, yeah, it was like got nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hardly was, written onto the yeah, receipt. Professor Plum in yeah. the billiard room with the uh, pipe. Yeah. You know, it's like literally I felt like I was, it wasn't a game though. It was real life and it was my money, which I obviously had very little of. So it wasn't that difficult. But every piece of that, um, those receipts were evidence of some kind, proof that money was paid in or withdrawn. Mm-hmm. So that brings the two examples together. The technology, which I didn't have, and the fact that we had to keep the receipts. This is where we're going back to that good old very techno mother, what I would have asked <laughs> her to do, because I would love to do like a mix of like, I wish I had a bit of technology back then. And I wish the way that we kept our receipts was a bit easier. Yeah. So we'll go on to that. So what does this have to do with being a child of a narcissist? Well, if there is one thing that I would tell any child of a narcissist or one piece of solid advice that I would give three words, keep your receipts But in this case, I'm not referring to those tiny pieces of paper that I was just going on about. And it has nothing to do with your bank balance. I wish that my 14-year-old self, for instance, had the means to record and save so many conversations without using a tape recorder or anything like that. I just wish that I had the means to keep my receipts. Mm -hmm. There have been so many years of lost information Mm -hmm. or, um, specific details. details. Yes. Yeah. Here I am in the last, uh, you know, one of the previous episodes we were talking about, you know, my attention to detail and how I can tend to fixate on them. When as a child of a narcissist, you are trying to keep all of those receipts somewhere very, very safe. Mm-hmm. I just wish that I could go back and there was somewhere where I could find them all, but they don't exist because yeah. we didn't do it back then. Do you know what I mean? But it's good for especially children of narcissists these days to be able to, because it doesn't even mean shoving a camera in their face, even to have a phone. And like you say, with that piece of advice, I would say the absolute same. If you are too scared to put the camera in their face, keep it, keep it in your pocket somewhere to record because even like you said the details there's even certain words that will start whole arguments and if you had that evidence there I mean you know it's not guaranteed that the narcissist is going to accept it because I've had solid receipts in the past and I still get told to my face with those receipts as fact that that's not how it is oh well I didn't mean it that way oh well it's different you know the same as they always do and I think that's mind-boggling because nowadays and you are a child of technology like you know you have been fortunate yeah Yeah, you grew up with it because nowadays it's nearly impossible to delete phone conversations text messages emails I mean this is what makes me laugh when you know I hear parents say oh I I know exactly what my child's doing on their computer and I'm thinking honey no sorry no honey no like the amount of things that can be deleted but they're not actually deleted I mean like you can still like 
I watch enough crime dramas. They're I still, know. They're still, still somewhere. That's yeah. why people say the, I can't remember the phrase, but be careful what you put online because even if you think you've deleted yeah. it, someone screenshotted it, someone's put it on a different website, someone saved it themselves. And even if everyone was to delete it, there will be a way to trace, but police know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, nowadays it almost seems inconceivable yeah. that you can't provide the proof. But with narcissism, it's a very, 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 different ball game absolutely i mean the thing is when i recall my childhood and even young adulthood i have mainly memories you know like that's that they're my receipts but it's not concrete evidence yeah because any child of a narcissist knows that when you confront the parent the responses are always going to be the same <laughs> so it's not like i have to dig very deep nope. to remember what those responses are because let's all be honest we can probably recite them like Together, i did like the a Pledge bible of verse, yeah. every day in primary school because we all get it. yeah like oh you have a okay we're gonna say it because i know selective, you're great. selective memory, memory. <laughs> or you're lying or i don't remember that oh you're remembering it differently yeah you're twisting things you're around twisting that's my favorite things. one i oh. must be really good at the twister because oh, i mean honestly i should be better at the game because I, I i seem to be twisting i mean i'd like around. a definition because honestly i mean the same thing i will always say is that you listen to a narcissist go at someone else they are talking about themselves nine times out of ten they're yeah. talking about things that they do yeah yeah i mean because i'm thinking of somebody another narcissist in my life who i read a letter that she had written to me and in it she put i have come to realize that it's Aaron's way or no way you are so incredibly selfish and I thought <laughs> look who's talking <laughs> I was like wow can we just change the name in that sentence please Honestly, because I think you're getting that a bit not one wrong. single narcissist owns a mirror not one no. of them I'm sorry no sorry they do they do earn mirrors they don't understand how to use them because how how can a human being be that not self-aware to be stood there berating someone else for the exact same things that they do constantly? It's it, and, baffling. And the thing is, we can laugh about it because oh, we've cried we about can. it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the truth. It's like, we can sit here and laugh about some of these things and some of the listeners might be like, well, how, you know, I, don't, I can't it's find that, that funny. insane. Like, but that it's is not, what it is. Yeah, it's not Yeah, And normal. we have cried about it. Let me Probably make that still perfectly will clear that yeah. we do we have cried about it and still rant about it and still are mind blown about all of this get angry about but it yeah, you do have i'm sorry but i do have to laugh like you do yeah. have to laugh because it cannot make any sense it, it would never will it mm. will never make it's sense baffling. that they feel that what they're doing is right entitled uh, yeah entitled yeah yeah yeah. that what they're doing is yeah. is exactly what they were put on the as if to they're do. saving the universe <laughs> by pointing out your flaws and yet especially now at the age i am yeah. i really have to resist laughing in their face because i just think if you knew how completely comical the stuff that you're saying is yeah. that's coming out of your and it took me a long time to get here i mean there were many 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 years where i stood there 
just with a brave face because that's the most I could give in that circumstance. Because as a child, I am a very emotional and a very sensitive person. Mm -hmm. And I was called and nicknamed and bullied for being a crybaby for many, many of my younger years, which too bad for them because I don't care. I'd rather be sensitive. None of them knew exactly what was going on. And I'd rather be sensitive than non-feeling sorry, not sorry. Absolutely. But I think for so long... I couldn't avoid the reaction of crying or being upset. And, and that's just the way I responded. I'm not going to go back and beat myself up for that. That's just who I was. But then I got to the point, I think probably, I don't know, in my late teen years, early twenties where I could put on a brave face. And although what they were saying was hurtful and painful to hear, I was able to put on a brave face and not let the tears fall, which, you know, the minute I closed the door, they fell. Don't worry. They still do. But I feel like I'm at a point now in my life where I can actually see the humorous side of it because I no longer believe what they're saying. And that, that is huge. I'm sorry, because even on bad days where I am struggling with my self-worth or self-esteem, those words still sting. They still hurt like hell, Mm -hmm. but I do know, I just do not believe them anymore. I don't believe anything. I don't care what they would throw at me. And I'm saying they people because it's not just my mother. I have other significant people in my life who are narcissists And someday I might tell you exactly who they are. Just wait for it. (laughs) But I think what for me, like for the child of a narcissist, that is so, so important because back in the day, like I said to you, I wasn't able to keep receipts. I wasn't able to record conversations. Literally would have had to pull out a freaking cassette recorder. Literally, and press play. You could hear it click. You know, there's nothing subtle about the way. police um, investigation thing. Like I could not have been subtle in the ways that I kept my receipts back in the day. So please, please, somewhere, anywhere, keep those receipts so that you can pull them out You can have any shred of proof or evidence that you're telling the truth because we all know, and we can say it a billion times until we turn blue in the face, a narcissist will never admit responsibility or accountability, and they will always turn it back to you. So any kind of technological evidence or receipts of any kind, although it won't balance this crazy checkbook of narcissism, Mm -hmm. it will give you the sense of bit of armor really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but you have something to prove and yeah. it's you're not proving it to them you it's are not proving it to them absolutely you're proving yourself. it to yourself because mm-hmm. let me give you an example you know i said that there was you know there wasn't technology when i was a child but i did manage to hold on to certain receipts and i feel that they are very invaluable receipts mm-hmm. i have a pile of letters and i have Many dear friends in the past 30 years that I've lived in England ask me, why do you keep those letters? Like, why don't you burn them? Why don't you throw them away? And I will tell them very clearly, just like I have been throughout this episode, those letters are my receipts. And 
It's not because I'm going to hold them up to the narcissist and go, ha ha ha, I still have your letters, so beware. No, because they would be, they would say like, what's, what are you on about? There's nothing in those letters that's damning or anything to worry about. Mm -hmm. It's not for them. It's for me because, and I could also cry when I think about this, it's proof that I'm not crazy. Yeah. Every now and again, I don't, I'm not even going to say it's every, it might be every few years. It's not regularly. Every few years, I will get out this battered envelope that has this whole stack of letters in it. Mm -hmm. And I will read through every one of them. Not because I need to be reminded what it says. I could almost recite them okay. word for word. Not because I'm a martyr not because I want to punish myself or beat myself up or I don't even know what else. It's the fact that I read those, I put them down and I think they're crazy. Like what they're saying is, is so incredibly insane mm -hmm. and narcissistic. It's not me. When I tell people that I get these letters, they just... Gently nod like, oh, that must stink. You get these letters and gosh, I bet you they say that, you know, you're unkind or, or make these any kind of derogatory comments. So interesting to that point, mm -hmm. very recently, and I'm talking in the last few months, I actually read one of them the other day to a very dear friend of mine who has known me for over 20 years. And she knows, I've told her that, there are different people in my life who are narcissists. So I read this to her. She didn't know how severe the words were going to be. Mm. And when I finished, this was like a five page handwritten letter. When I finished, she said, I'm speechless. I had no idea it was that bad. And that's when I said to her, do you see, do you now see, I don't save them to read them and weep and wallow in self-pity. Which you're I, allowed to if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, if well. I want to, I can do that yeah. too. But I save them because in a very real sense, they saved me. Mm -hmm. They remind me that it isn't me. And in some ways, I just wish I had more, yeah. loads more. I mean, they're the <laughs> only receipts I do have, those letters. I wish I had more. I wish I had video recordings. I wish I had character witnesses from other people. I wish I had, you know, a, a load of people who would line up in my defense, but I don't have any of that. So those letters are very, very dear to me. I'm not going to burn them anytime, ever, no. ever. So I guess what I would say for, you know, all the doubters, all the critics, all the non-believers, mm -hmm. please be diligent. Please be diligent. Take notes, record arguments, tell others, keep a record, write in a journal, collect evidence. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. Keep your receipts. They will never admit to anything. Mm -hmm. They're for you. Proof that you aren't crazy. Who is? <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you'll join us for future conversations.
In addition to this podcast, you can find me and the Daughters Who Dare community on all social platforms. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram or email me at daughterswhodare at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, listen to your stories, and know your topic suggestions. I will respond to every message. I'm so grateful that you decided to come on this journey with me. Let's continue to dare together.